This just in. Todd Howard has reportedly had his Doberman pincer Stompy put down and turned into an NFT. In other fake news, welcome to Nuclear Grenade Podcast. Welcome to the Nuclear Grenade Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Land, and with me, as always, Mr. Alexander Hayhoe. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing well. How's your day going? Uh, a little hungover. Could be better. Uh, so uh, let's just jump right into what games we've been playing this week. You want to start us off? Yeah, uh, the free game on Epic Games this week is Among Us, um, made popular by Mr. Pie, uh, PewDiePie. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Pie, of course. Yeah, he was... Uh, of Nuclear Grenade Podcast fame. Yeah, yeah. He got famous because of us. Um, so I think most people kind of know what it is already. I didn't get a chance to play it a whole lot. Um, it was fun, but it's one of those games where until you know the maps and kind of what you're doing, uh, it's not as fun because, you know, you have to go through the learning process first and figure out what you're doing. Um but the basis of the game is you start off and there's aliens, imposters, and then there's like human players. And the human players have to go around and accomplish these tasks. And the imposters have to either kill the human players um, or sabotage uh, the map uh, by doing sabotage. certain. Yeah, by doing certain events. This is not out, this is sabotage. Yeah, good old Beastie Boys style. Um, so, like. Uh, one of the things that the uh, imposters will do is they'll pretend to do the human uh, events, uh, these little mini games that you have to go do around the ship. And some of the events have animations. And if a player sees you pretending to do something and the animation isn't going like it would if you were an actual human player, um, there comes a time when uh, you meet up with the other humans and you discuss amongst yourselves uh with the mic um and you talk about okay who's the imposter and then you kind of vote um i didn't play enough to actually get good at it or really have an in-depth um knowledge of how to be good at it or anything like that um you're not the best liar in general so <laughs> no no but it did get very positive you'd be like i didn't do it <laughs> you'd be like i just saw him faking it and they'd be like sure you did hey ho yeah what was it me guys every time you get every time you get kicked out of the fucking space line. <laughs> it wasn't me <laughs> um it got very positive reviews on steam uh over half a million well about half a million uh reviews very positive came out 2018 uh developer same as the publishers inner sloth um so but it was weird because it came out and no one gave a shit about it. And then Mr. Pie, I feel like was it the beginning of the pandemic or was it yeah, Mr. Pie? But yeah, at some point it just caught on with all the YouTubers, the tubers. Yeah, it's gone viral. And, uh, and uh, I think one of the reasons why it's gone viral is, like you said, uh, during the pandemic, uh, when everybody had to stay home, uh, plus PewDiePie. And it's a very social yeah. game, you know, so it allowed people to be social in a yeah. time when everybody's saying, hey, don't be social. Mm. And it's also $5, you know, and uh, cheap games and free-to-play games typically land a bunch of players. Uh, so uh, they've done well for themselves. Because hey, I had friends that aren't even, like, gamers or into gaming at all, like, want to play it with me and Chip. 
Yeah, it, it would be fun. Uh, it would just take some time to get good at it. You know, it'd be, it'd kind of be like a board game. Like the amount of time it would take to get good at a board game, you know, just learning the maps. Um, but yeah, it's on iOS and Unless Android. you're a great liar. Unless you're a great liar, then it comes in actually. Yeah, it's a game that teaches you to be good at lying, so. Yeah. Get your chins to play. <laughs> Get your children. <laughs> oh, and I beat Subnautica. It only took 25 hours. Uh, Subnautica below zero, which is uh, less than a dollar per hour because the game was $30 and I beat it in 25 mm. uh, hours. So, I mean, it, it was a good deal. So it's more than, cost more than a dollar per hour. Uh, more than a dollar per hour. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, it, it was fun, you know, but it's short. So, it. Yeah, it's kind of on par. It seems like it's on par with the first one, because the first one was like, what, 40 hours? And this one has a smaller map, so it seems like as the map and the focus got more condensed, sort of the, the streamlining of the gameplay. Yeah, and you know, with the, that makes the sense. first Subnautica, though, too, like you kind of had to learn how Subnautica was played. So I think that added time on to the first mm -hmm. Subnautica as well. When Subnautica Below Zero came out, like people who've played Subnautica kind of already knew what they were doing, which sped up the progress. Yeah. 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 I got fairly far in like the 10 hours or whatever I played. I just need to find like the spaceships to grab uh, the piece to fix the radar tower or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, fairly far along. Um, but yeah, I just hit the water swimming. I guess hit the ground running, hit the water swimming. <laughs> nice. I like that. Uh, yeah, so th those were the only two games I've uh, played uh, this past week. Okay. Not much. No, what about you? Um, I was I played a little bit of that. I think we talked, we mentioned it last week, uh, but I played a little bit of that prison simulator. And it's, it's like a beta or whatever. Uh, not great. It's just like all those simulator games. Uh, I don't know what engine they're running, but everything's kind of clunky. You can tell they're kind of Euro trash stuff, but it's an interesting idea. I didn't like the way it played and it. You know, it's not a high quality game at all, but if you want to be a prison guard and beat up prisoners, I mean, hell yeah, dude. Uh, go for that. The, the demo takes you through like the first day and then like a riot where literally you're just shooting hundred prisoners and there's no like recoil or animations <laughs> on the gun or any like the gun sound is like rah, rah, rah. oh no and you're just like <laughs> horrible yeah it, didn't, it feels it doesn't feel good guys are taking like 10 shots to the head um but not great but if you want to live the fantasy of bullying people in a prison um yeah, that's good for yeah, one thing I did thought was cool is like a uh, prisoner was like, hey, uh, beat this guy up for me. Make sure he gets his head bashed in. And I went to a different prisoner and the guy was like, I'll pay you 50 bucks for it. I was like, OK. Oh. And I went to a different prisoner. I was like, I'll give you 10 bucks to beat his ass. <laughs> oh, nice. Making deals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 40 bucks profit for doing nothing <laughs> i could see how a game like that, so that was cool. would be really fun if you took like the escapists and had the escapists fuck payday 2 and have a baby mm. that would be an awesome game yeah 
Yeah, or like anything that actually had um, quality devs and some money behind it. Um, yeah. But I feel like with games like that, then you're kind of getting into the woods of this is a little too uh, risque to put money towards. It's like, oh, uh, what's EA making? A game where you get to beat up black prisoners and oh, God. as a guard? Yeah. <laughs> They're probably not going over great. It's all like uh, Spanish and black prisoners. There's like no white people in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the... the only white people are guards. <laughs> Oh man, the the developer on that is. I feel like they would be dumb enough to do something that tone. Well, I don't know. Like the I've never heard of the developer, and it's, it's the same people that published it. It's the Baked Games S A, um, but Baked Games. So I don't know. Maybe they're like super stone trying to make it. It's like a really high programmer. Just yeah. uh, how do you write a loop again? Uh, it seems. Yeah, it seems kind of like Eastern European type. Uh, development. Yeah, maybe. I think a lot of those games have that kind of look and feel. Um, or the Rushinskis. Um, so then I played da, da, Dem, uh, Domina. I went through and did another run of Domina. I haven't, I haven't played in a few years. Uh, maybe a couple. Um, so jumping back into that, it was kind of changed a ton, but it seemed like the uh, tweaking of the game was got to a good fine point. Um, the strategy for the gladiators is slightly different now. Um, there's a little more to it. They added more um, gladiators and stuff. Easier to get like lions. So that's a, a cool game. I was glad to dip back into that for you know a few hours. You played um, some really fucking I actually did two weird run. games, man. Yeah. So Domino is like a super. Yeah. So Domino is really pixelated looking. It's uh, made by Dolphin Barn Incorporated, but it's got very positive reviews. Came out April third, two thousand seventeen. Yes, so it's like a gladiator uh, thing where you get gladiators and you can like train them up and upgrade your domus uh, and have them train more, and you can kind of control their stats. But you don't, and then you'll fight them in um, the arena, and you can either control that or not. I never controlled it. Um, I just train their AI really high. Uh, so it, it it's very interesting like that because it's kind of like one of those games where you're watching the event take place, but you're doing all the build-up for it. It's like it, a Kairosoft game. Uh, which I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it's got a little bit of that in it. And I don't know, the storyline's kind of cool. Like you were left this gladiator thing. And, um, you'll get killed at the end if you don't release enough free prisoners to come save you, which is kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, overall, it, it's a very simple game, but it's got a little bit of depth there. It's not a very long playthrough. It's not very uh, taxing on your mind and body. <laughs> but overall, it's just like a fun little rompy poo. Rompy poo? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm coming up with all the gems. Yeah, dude. that's a good one. Uh, then I played a tiny bit of City Skylines. Played it for years, loved the game. Um, don't have much to say about it. Might get one of the new DLCs next week and try. I it. bought that, but like I never yeah. actually ended up playing it. Like uh I started to I think I got that in Djibouti, Africa, uh one night when I was in my crew, yeah. uh bored as hell. And I couldn't jerk off because I had two roommates. 
So it's like, well, oh, yeah, maybe I clues. should buy a Yeah, remember that? So oh, anybody who's watching this... Were you a third class at the time? Um, Yes, I was a, th I I was a third one. class. I became a second class in Italy okay. a few months later. Okay, yeah, because I think E5s only had two to a room, and then we had off shifts, so I always had it myself. Nice. Sorry. Lucky. You could jerk off all you want. Eddie, soldier. Yeah. You could look at tentacle porn all I night. Like I didn't that much. Yeah, I don't think I did a lot of jerking off in Africa because I was afraid of like giant spiders climbing in. Camel spiders. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Biting my dick. I'm pretty sure they put saltpeter in the food too. Like boot camp. Yeah, keep all the spec op guys from raping everybody. Like saltpeter could do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh. When we were talking about uh, the game Pitfall uh, a few episodes ago, I was actually thinking of a game called Out of This World for the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Have you ever played that or yeah. have you ever seen that? No. That game is... No. I played Pitfall. No. Out of This World is absolutely terrifying, dude. After this podcast, <laughs> you should look up uh, a gameplay thing. I'll, um, uh, I'll do an overlay while I talk about it right now, but that game gave me nightmares. Uh, and when you see the graphic style, it is demented, dude. It's like a twisted. Oh, weird. Apparently, it was a TV show too. I wonder. It's like a weird Saved by the Bell looking TV show. I don't think it was the same thing. Nah, uh, this must have been some British fucking TV or something. Yeah, out of this world, dude. Uh, designer was Eric Chahi. Came out in 1991. Like, so it wasn't even really a developer company. It, it, development company it was just a couple guys it seems like that made it man but that was back in 1991 wow i was just a babe yeah. i was just a babe it's crazy like our generation um because when you and i were born you were born in 1987 or 1986 well basically 87 the very very end of 86 yeah so we were both 1987 babies and that's kind of the NES era. So NES and on, like we weren't there for Pong really. We weren't really there for Atari, you know, but uh anyone born in 1987 was like the NES, Super Nintendo, and then you got into, you know, um N64 and PlayStation stuff like that. Super. Yeah, the, the Dreamcast. But like Yeah, I love that Dreamcast. It's kind of cool knowing that we kind of grew up with the gaming industry. Like we're kind of the old guys that uh we're there kind of in the beginning. Old heads. Yeah. What do we got to show for it? Nothing. We got skills, dude. I'm probably just as good, if not maybe slightly better than what I used to be, like in my prime, you know, but like, I think the difference is back then, like you couldn't just buy a bunch of games. Like you would, you would be lucky to get a game because someone would have to buy you, buy it for you, like your parents or whatever. And then, so like you got really good at that one game. And I think that's, Kind of an illusion. There wasn't that many. What's that? There just wasn't that many games either. Yeah, there wasn't that many games either. Like when GoldenEye came out for the 64, dude, like you didn't really need any, anything else for a long time. That like won number yeah. one on EG, EGM for like six or seven years. Maybe maybe it was even like 10 years. It was like the number one game for like a, a decade. Um, yeah. But yeah, when that came out and then Perfect Dark came out, man. That was a, a good a era. Good that might have been my favorite era of gaming, I think. Do you have... Maybe, I don't know, maybe it was mine too, but it's hard to say because 
I might have just liked being alive more when I was 12. Mm. And so, like, I enjoyed everything more. Um, and it was, everything was more impactful, whereas now, like, I'm jaded and old and don't give a shit about anything. So you're like, oh, cool, a new Zelda. Excellent. Whereas, like, Ocarina Time came out. Like, it literally blew my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait. <laughs> I remember, like, I was babysitting to get, like, my the money for a 64 for, like, several months. I babysit it. Got the 64. And then didn't realize that we didn't have the right, like, adapter to plug in the TV. Because ah! then, like... I remember I had to wait like a whole like eight hours for my dad to get up and like go get it for me. And I would just like add the game there and was like, no, <laughs> I want to play it so bad. Oh, that sucks. You know, so I don't I don't feel that kind of feeling about anything anymore. You know, second of all, I do agree. Um, Like and I was actually going to do a poll. Like, I don't know if uh, my community on YouTube is getting sick of me doing all these polls or not, uh, which I haven't really done that many. But I was going to ask, like um for the veteran gamer specifically you know do you like do you prefer to stick to games that you already kind of know how to play or do you actually like to try to learn new games because like i think that learning new games would be fun if you had the patience to do it but i don't think a whole lot of people as they get older have the patience to sit there and try to figure out how to play a new style of game that they've never played before you know what i mean um, like we were talking about that Victoria game, uh, I think last episode and it had all these stats and data and graphs and all this kind of stuff. And like, it might be a super fun game, data! but like, I don't want to sit there and learn how to play it. Even with among us, the free game on Epic, which you can get right now if you wanted to, um, like, I don't want to sit there and learn all the maps and memorize the maps and memorize all the mini games. And then like, it just seems like it's not fun to me. It's like, oh, I, I'd rather just go play Ark, you know, yeah. something that I know how to play. But that's lame, you know? So I was wondering... Yeah, I'm, the, I'm the absolute opposite. Really? Complete opposite. I mean, uh, yeah, I only like games until I learn them, and then I'm bored of them. Like, I mean, I'm a super genius, though, so, like, I just learn so fast, so it comes naturally to me. But, <laughs> wow. Um, no, I do. Like, I, I guess I have, like... Uh, not true ADHD. I've never been diagnosed with it, but I have like an ADHD gaming style. Like I just all I care about is learning the new stuff, seeing the new map, seeing the way characters move, um, the way the gameplay works out, delving into the systems and how mm-hmm. they work. Um, and so the more of that a game has, the the more I stick with it. You know, um, it's kind of like the depth discussion we had a few weeks ago, where everything about gaming to me. Um, and even like a lot about life, but I just like to delve really deeply into a subject um, until I've like exotic, until I've drinking enough water out of the gallon, you know, and I'm like, okay, I thirst quenched. I'm done playing this now. Um, if I know, like, that's why I couldn't do ARC. Like, uh, I know our fans are ARC fans, uh, but like, I did like 100 hours and I was like, okay, this is a fucking nightmare for me. I absolutely hate every second in this game now because I've seen everything, I know how to do everything. There's nothing in this game that I don't know now. Um, and so it, that's where it loses the magic. I have to have like new hills to crest um, for me to get any enjoyment out of a game. Uh, and it's probably why I've started to like uh, shorter games a lot more too. Like uh, instead of doing like the old school JRPGs for 80 hours where 
you pretty much get it halfway through. Um, now I do kind of like a more 20 to 30 hour tailored experience or, you know, roguelikes or, you know, civilization where it's a new thing every time. Um, those are kind of what what I like. That's kind of what the reason I game. I'd yeah, say. see, like, I, I have that to an extent, too. Like, with Civ 6, like, I'll play a few uh, maps, and then, like, then it will kind of just become repetitive. And then you get to a point, you get mm -hmm. to the point in a match where it's like, you know you're either going to win or you're going to lose. Most of the time, it's, yeah. okay, mm -hmm. now I know I'm going to win. It's just going to take a million turns. It's going to take forever, and it's going to get boring. Yeah. And so, like, I understand that. But for me, with a game like Ark, it's, uh, um, I enjoy the getting really good at efficiency. Like, how quickly, how mm -hmm. fluently can I play the game? You know, like, how quickly can I uh, get prepared to fight the first boss? You know? How quickly can I come? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then like breeding and stuff like that, and min maxing things, and um, there's a lot there. And then there's Absolutely. bosses, and then there's multiple maps. There's so many maps. So even when you beat one map, then you can go to the next one and bring all of your stuff with you. You know, if you have S plus at least. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of what I never did. Never went to the other maps. Oh yeah. Um. Like but... Ragnarok is probably one of the best maps. You know, and uh, so it, there's just so much there. And I think I've got over 2,500 mm -hmm. hours in Ark, which I think is the most I've ever Jeez. got in any game. You know, and then Subnautica, um, you know, uh, I might have, I got 25 hours in Below Zero, you know, yeah. compared to 2,500 hours in Ark. But, and you like building and all that stuff. Um, That's part. I don't really... I don't like a ton of building. Like I make everything utilitarian and simple and then I move on. Like I do not give a shit. I don't give a shit what my apartment looks like. I don't give a shit what anything looks like. All I care is does it work? Uh, is it where it, it needs to be for, you know, for efficiency? And then I'm done. Like I don't I do not spend any time making shit look pretty or building. If there if you could build a uh, statue or uh you know, um, accessories for like a room in a game. I never do. If it doesn't provide a bonus, I'm not building it. I'm not wasting my fucking time. You know I got you shit to funny? do. Um, we were talking about uh, story and how I usually skip story. And you brought up the point that that brings up, uh, like for you, that uh, adds atmosphere to the game. It kind of uh, immerses you, mm -hmm. immersion into the game uh, rather than just skipping the story and then you don't get that immersion. Mm -hmm. uh, but like an arc, like, Part of the immersion for me, since there isn't a story, is like going back to base at night and like feeling comfortable there, I guess. And like, you know, it's raining mm -hmm. out and every, you got everything lighted, uh, all the lighting really nice and stuff like that. But really, you know, I'm more of a form and function type of guy. Like, I like it to look nice and organized, but I'm not going to put like couches over here and rugs over there. Yeah. You know, like I I'm not that, you know, feminine, I guess, where, you know, I'm going <laughs> to... M nest Ooh, da -da. Yeah. i'm gonna put a flower pot over there i did that with raft you know but that's only because that's the only yeah. thing you can really do in raft i was gonna download that uh, no i think i did download it again and then i was like i'm gonna play this and i was like oh wait no i'm not <laughs> yeah it's like a more shallow version of arc 
Yeah, it needs more, I think. It needs more. Uh, you know, it's a good game for um, younger people. You know, I, I, had, I had a lot of fun with it. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to say I'm above it or anything like that. You know, it's a good game, you know, and I recommend people give it a shot. You know, it's a lot of fun, but there's just not that, that much depth to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's good for like, I'm going to play this for 20 hours and then put it down, Yeah. you know, for a type game. Alrighty, let's see. I think I played, uh, I did some more uh, Subnautica and Legends of Eidolon, and then um, I did a wee bit of Battletech. Which, uh, man, there's something about this game. So I got it when it first came out, and I've tried several, several times to get into it. And on paper, it's the perfect game for me. It's got giant fucking robots. Love robots, love mechs. You know, got all different types of mechs. It's a tactics game. It's got cool story where you can upgrade your ship and your guns and you can choose the loadouts of your game. Um, there's hard points and like you can knock over mechs, do like specific strikes to kill the pilot, but keep the mechs, you get more salvage. Um, nice. Like everything about this game on paper is like right up my alley. These are the things I look for in video games. But in practice, it's it's not a bad game. Um, it's just not fast enough, I think, it comes down to. It, there's something that it just kind of lags out for me, where everything moves a little too slow. Um, the, the animations, you know, take too long before they even start moving the actual thing. When they're firing, it takes long. So everything... Yeah, everything is just kind of like uh, stuck in molasses or something. <laughs> Where it's there, it's doing everything correctly, but it's just slower and stickier. It's turn-based? Turn-based strategy game? Yeah. Yes. That's the first time I've ever heard of turn -based, it. Turn-based, yeah, tactics. It looks, uh, it looks fun. Yeah, and it's based on, uh, like, Mech Warrior, uh tabletop game, Battletech. I believe it was like a big uh, Warhammer uh, 40k, but like Battletech has their own rules and stuff. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it got good so, reviews. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a good game, but it's not a great game. Like it it has everything that should be a great game to me, but it's just not. Um, so I find it really hard to stick with it, um, even though. I want to get further and see what the rest of the game is like. Oh, that's too bad. Because, like, when I'm looking at it, like, I can see, like, I'd be kind of excited to play it. Like, it looks fun to me, but, like, hearing you talk about mm -hmm. it, like, I can see how what you're saying would be the case. Um, mm -hmm. So, that, that's too bad. You know, maybe they'll learn from this one yeah. and come out with a Battletech 2 and uh, streamline it a bit. Hopefully, um... Yeah, we'll see. It, it's been a while. It came out like five years ago 2018. or something. 2018. April 24th, 2018. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, I feel like maybe the last expansion came out in 2018. Uh, I'm looking at the uh, it on Steam. Oh, it, it's uh, the developer was Harebrained Schemes, but the publisher was Paradox. So at least they the, the devs yeah. had some oh. experience behind them. I guess it was quicker than I thought. That's... Very surprising to me, though. Um, it feels older, for sure. And it plays almost older, I'd say. Yeah, it kind of gives me some StarCraft vibes a little bit, like StarCraft 2 vibes a little bit, just kind of how it looks. 
from what I'm seeing on Steam at least. Yeah, and I mean, the art design is really cool. I really like the Battletech mech style. Um, it's very industrial and um, a little more realistic. It, I mean, I do like robot by mechs to have arms, but like they do kind of the mech wear stairway, well, a lot of them don't. It's like, my arms are giant guns. Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Kind of like a walking Tyrannosaurus Rex, but it's just cool because you have a lot of different styles. Yeah, did you ever play Mecha Warrior for the Super Nintendo back in the day? Yeah, where you're the first person pilot. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. God. Oh, and I also remember the little one. Did you remember the one? I think it was like Sega Genesis. Maybe it was, it was probably on Nintendo too. But you could control the top and the bottom, so two oh. different people. One would control the legs of the Mech Warrior, and then the other person would control the top of the Mech Warrior and do the shooting. I vaguely. And it was. Frustrating as fuck with the little brother. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're an idiot! <laughs> you don't know walk right! No, you don't get to shoot! Because I'm the shot! <laughs> I'm the oldest! Oldest always shoots! You know what's funny is uh, I was the younger brother, but I was always way better than my older brothers. And they'll admit mm. to it. Like, they'll tell you straight up that that's the case. My brother John is a huge huge advocate. He'll, he actually brags to his friends about how good of a gamer I am. Like on Seven Days to Die, uh, actually uh, before Ark, I was a big Seven Days to Die player. Um, and there's an achievement mm -hmm. in Seven Days to Die that once you hit uh, 25 deaths, you get an achievement. And I've got over, I don't know, over a thousand hours in Seven Days to Die. I haven't gotten that achievement. I haven't died 25 times in that game. And like when you watch people play mm -hmm. it online or, or you hear people, you read comment sections, it's like, oh man, this game is so hard. I die all the time. Like that game is lucky if it can kill me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pinky's up, no fellas. No big deal. <laughs> I, love, I just imagine like a forty-five-year-old man at the bar. My brother <laughs> is so good. Seven days to die, <laughs> you would blow your mind. Uh, yeah. This guy, he is great at video game. Let me tell you. Yeah. Well, it's more of just the. He's like macking on it. He's <laughs> macking on a chick. He's like, ugh. Yeah. My brother is so amazing. Let me tell you something about my brother. Yeah. <laughs> With like all the ammo he's got. He's like, basically, he's a pro gamer. Basically. When I go back to my place and sleep with the brother guy who's really good at video games. No. Does he have a sponsor? No. <laughs> no, he's. I'm his sponsor. Yeah. Oh, man. His sponsor's name is Steve. With the AA, he goes to AA meetings. Yeah. Steve is the perfect name for for that role. Yeah, I feel like if you become AA sponsor, they dub you an honorary Steve. <laughs> yeah, you become a Steve automatically. Today we embrace you. Yeah, we embrace you into the fold of AA counselors and sponsors, and you will be dubbed Rise Steve. <laughs> yeah. All righty. So that's yeah. That's what I've been playing. That's. Battletech. We'll see if I uh, if it sticks this time. Um, I might tweak the settings too and see if there's ways to like really speed it up. Maybe get rid of the animation and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like with because I definitely turned it into a faster combat. But... Well, like with Civ Six and Civ Five, like um, that's one thing that I always do is I shut off the animations and stuff. That way, as soon as I click, it's like okay, they're automatically they're just there, you know. Um, you don't have to wait around for the animation to play out. 
yeah, in, in tactics games, I think it's really important. Um, especially just these slow ass mechs. <laughs> It'll take a mech like you hit a mech to stagger it, right? Like, because you can get the knockdown, which is a, a superior way of killing the mechs. Um, and it'll fucking take like 30 seconds to fall down. Like, just fall down. <laughs> Dude, the animators spent a lot of time trying to make it look good. All right. Fuck those animators. They did a shitty job. Dude, they, they spent. I hope they, did a, I hope they did extra work so I could skip Think it. about the money that was spent for those animators to animate that, and you just want to skip it? Come on. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to skip it, and if I see them out in public, I'm going to spit COVID into their eye. <laughs> oh, man. I was in a gas station today, and I'm in Florida, and, like, nobody cares about COVID, and nobody's cared about COVID here for, like, two months, three months. Like, there's no masks, nothing. But today, like, I was in the gas station. Some guy turned around. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, it's a little soon to be doing that. Like, he didn't even bother to cough into his hand, let alone into his arm. You know, it's just like, come yeah. on douchebag hands almost worse it is yeah it's so hilarious yeah and the like i remember in japan like i like the masking thing i don't think it should be mandatory but i do like if you're sick and you have to go to work eh, wear a mask that's fine nothing wrong with that you're helping other people that's good <clears throat> and also where are all these adults coming from that never learn how to cough in their fucking i don't head? know where are they i don't know are they being released from jungle cages <laughs> Let out into the fucking wild, just these ape beasts of human beings. There's like a bunch of slime in their hand. Yeah, and then they go around touching stuff. Yeah. Oh, do I want this bag of chips? No, not that one either. That's exactly what happens too, dude. Like my, uh, it was my first week in boot camp, and it was like winter time, and so we were given these white scarves, and we were marching. I had, uh, and you know how it is in Chicago, in boot camp, you're in this compartment with all these people from all over the U.S., and it's fucking disgusting, and so everybody's getting sick, and... Rick, recruit crud. Yeah, recruit crud, and uh, so we're marching, and I got this white thing on, and I sneeze into it, into the scarf, and when I got back to the compartment, I looked, and it was bloody, and there was, like, veins in it, you know, and... The whole time I was never allowed to wash it. So every time I had to go out and march and you had to like wrap it the same way, you know? So the whole time I was in boot camp, I had this crusty ass, bloody ass, green, veiny, loogie, stained. This is horrible. This is a horror. Why did they let you wash? They let you wash everything else. I was treated really well in boot camp. Like I was actually because I was like the RPOC. You weren't allowed to watch. But, like, that's because I wasn't really part of, like, the uh, compartment. I was the RPOC of the compartment, the, 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 the APOC. And then I was the RPOC of the ship staff, of ship seven. Of it, yeah. I was on ship, I was on ship staff, too. Were you? Were you, like, the main guy? Yeah. No, 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 no. I was, like, uh, what was it? It was some easy-ass shit. I basically scammed my way in with a buddy um, to get, like, the easiest job. I think it was like uh mail room or something. Yeah, refilling like yeah, or like toilet paper rolls or something. Yeah. I basically did absolutely nothing except go to the muster and then sometimes I'd do the watch there. Um like a four hour yeah. watch. That was pretty For much the building. it. Yeah. Yeah, I was in charge of everybody. And so yeah. like oh, everybody and then, loved me. And then in 
Yeah, and then in the squadron or uh, whatever that's called, I was the. Uh, they made a new PO that didn't exist. They made it specifically for me as the uh, reading PO. Oh. So I was the only guy that read anything because I was the only one that could like read without being like, "Oh, oh and I knew how to project my voice. You were articulate, so, and that was cool because it's like that's a sweet job. Yeah, that's a sweet job of just talking. Yeah, yeah, I would actually. But that's gross. Yeah, it was gross, and like, uh, yeah, I was like, I would just walk out of the compartment, and like nobody would ever question me. So like, I just had free reign. Yeah. I had the easiest time in boot camp yeah. ever. I was spoiled. I was head over to the head over to the mixed uh, mixed gender uh, ones. Yeah, well, we were co-ed. We, we, were, we were co-ed. My my. Oh, you yeah, were ship seven. Yeah, I was in all male. Oh yeah, no, ship seven was co-ed. You know, we were in two different compartments, but like we would sleep in the two mm-hmm. different compartments. But in the day, we'd all mm-hmm. be in one. You know, uh, but yeah. that was ship seven. I remember those. So when I was in the all guys, I think they put the sexiest dudes away from the women because um, we just can't be trusted. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I remember like the first couple of days you'd go in the mess hall and you'd see girls and you're like, Ugh. they look bad, Ugh. dude. What are they only they looked get ugly. Bad. Women? They look so bad. They have a shitty haircut. They're not allowed the to glasses. shave. They're like hairy. The gl- giant gross glasses. Yeah. But then I remember like two weeks in, you're like, yeah. They're not that great, but they're fine. And then, like a month, and you're like, "Oh, she's so fucking hot. Oh, I just want to smell her hair." <laughs> I didn't find out. <laughs> you like haven't been around. A I didn't girl. find out until later. But there was a girl that was in my uh, compartment that was giving blowjobs out in the laundry room. Uh, I was never, I was awesome. never invited to that. Uh, but of course not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she had uh, herpes, genital herpes, because she lifted up her shirt once and like kind of see like all these red dots maybe it was because she was anyway we should probably get back to the video games <laughs> <laughs> all right what, what you got for us man <laughs> i guess we'll move on to the news crusty ass <laughs> sailors over here yeah dude look it informs our opinions on video games or something yeah um, so it looks like Cyberpunk has gotten a new game director. So Gabriel Amatangelo, or Amatangelo, Amatangelo, who joined the project in January 2020 as creative director, has taken over from studio head uh, Adam Badowski. This, I mean, I'm actually surprised it took this long. Um, I'm, the other dude probably should have been fired fired immediately after the clusterfuck that happened um obviously it's probably not just the game director's fault um probably a lot of the ship the game probably has a lot to do with shareholders and all that um but this is how things go to one guy he takes a rap he gets fired so the fact that it took um um five months uh, before or at least making a public move to show that they're addressing change whether they're doing that or not uh, is beside the point these companies are all about uh, optics. And so it's surprising to me that, yeah, they didn't take this step already. Uh, but it's happening now. It makes sense. Uh, you can't have a clusterfuck that was Cyberpunk 2077, the most anticipated, look forward to game in the history of gaming. Um, 
it comes out and it's one of the worst fucking releases of any game ever. Uh, you can't you can't have that kind of shit um, going on. So it's good they at least uh, made this optical change, and hopefully this guy will know what he's doing better. You know, hopefully he'll uh, you know they'll put deadlines and stuff that are actually realistic. Um, if they have the luxury for the developers to if mean. they have the luxury to do so, you know the kind of. Yeah, you know, kind of the same thing happened with Anthem, where they ended up having to finally fire some people and hire some new people. You know, in these big triple uh, A developer studios where they've got you know tons of money wrapped up, um, there's no room for people who kind of know what they're doing. Like you need the best people available, um, like the top tier. You can't just have someone who kind of stumbled their way in and fooled everybody into thinking that they were good enough no you need someone who's actually good enough and those people are few and far between you know that's not it's not like you can just go hire just some random guy you know um it's hard man you know and it's amazing that video games are even made at all <laughs> you know so yeah you create... it's it's a lot of moving parts <laughs> it's a lot of moving parts and uh you, like a game director if i'm not mistaken they're kind of like uh orchestrator where you know hey programmers we need this shit done by this time uh graphic artists we need this shit done by this time and so like they kind of have to kind of know everything that's going on and how to kind of synchronize it all yeah. to meet up at one singular point at a given time yeah and it takes like a creative specific type of mind where if you have deadlines that are you know are unrealistic you got to have someone that really knows how to get people motivated get projects lined up in a way that uh, maximum efficiency can be used so that you can get as great of a product as you can within the limited time that you have um <clears throat> so hopefully uh this uh amatagello has that ability again okay so adam bandowski wasn't let go I, I thought he stepped down i must have misread that he um he's just moving over so He's moving over as studio head um, and only going to do that now. He's not going to uh, be the game director. Uh, this will apparently allow him to focus more um, on one role, uh, and they're going to move to a new strategy of multi-game development strategy. So I think what they've been doing is like their teams on working on this game, but now they're going to try to get it set up to where, you know, the art department's working on this game while the devs are working on this part of the game and then kind of create a more assembly line approach that way. But we will see. Uh, they also have the roadmap out um, for uh, CD Projekt Red, which looks like we got 1.2 um, by the end, or yeah, by the end of 2021, we should get three DLC, multiple updates and improvements, and a Free next-gen console update for the people on uh, PS5s uh, and Xboxes. So, oh, hopefully, hopefully they uh, that works out for them. I think they did do a lot of work. They put a lot of work into the game. Uh, I checked it out a couple weeks ago after the 1.2, and you know, I, I didn't have a ton of issues like a lot of people did because we're PC gamers, um, but. Uh, a lot of the uh, performance issues were definitely fixed, um, and then a lot of the really T poses and like some of just the dumbest bugs yeah. in the planet um, were fixed pretty good. 
there's still underlying problems with that game that I don't think can be fixed. Um, I mean, the way the cars work, I mean, you had GTA. You see how they work in GTA. GTA 3, I believe they work better than they do in Cyberpunk 2077. So I got um, used to them. I got used to them. You know, it, it, they're not as tight well, I'm not as talking controls. about driving. I'm not talking about the driving. I'm talking about the AI. How it doesn't know, like, it'll the cars will just disappear. They're not wow. actually real objects, it seems like, in the game. And then if you park your car on the road and leave, the cars will just sit there and never do anything. And they'll back up. And you can see the backup, backup, backup until they just start uh, popping out of existence. And it's yeah. like, this is, like, I'm sure the programming of that is very complicated, especially in a game like this. But it already exists, you know? It's like, you, you already have the perfect model of how that's done. You can see what it should look like. So do yeah. that. I mean, I mean, you don't, it's like someone's selling banana sandwiches and you're like, I know I'm gonna make a banana sandwich too and sell it right next to it. But mine won't have any bananas. It'll just be bread. Uh, they probably, know. Rockstar Games probably keeps their uh, code secret, you know? So Absolutely. Like, you, you, you can, can see, look at it. You can look yeah. at it, but then you also have to figure out how to do it. You know, it's uh, it's sorcery, you know? Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have I have trust that if you're running a game company that's gotten as big as CD Projekt Red, yeah. you could probably pay someone enough money to figure it out. You could find someone uh, who's smart enough to figure it out. You could probably hire an old Rockstar dev or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, I, I know. it's just it's kind of ridiculous. I had a lot of fun with uh, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, and mm -hmm. I'm a PC gamer as well. I had a few uh, graphical issues like uh, multiple items spawning yeah. during cinema scenes. Uh, but the only game breaking thing that ever happened to me was one mission. Uh, it was like a side mission, so it didn't break the main story. But something happened in uh, one of the buildings and it just broke the mission. Like there was no way I could ever complete the mission. I tried to do a workaround to try to figure out how to get around it and complete it, but it was just impossible, you know? Uh, so yeah. that was the biggest problem I had with that game, which is very minute compared mm -hmm. to what council players experienced. I did a review on Cyberpunk 2077, yeah. and I was like, yeah, it's a great game, you know, not realizing, yeah. <laughs> not realizing that all the council <laughs> players got screwed um so yeah but that is I, I think like a lot of people with the like cd project red thing uh, and i think there's extra vitriol because it's like the blizzard thing that we were talking about before but we trusted them um uh, they had done so well they were saying all the right things um to then have this be a product and the biggest the biggest problem though isn't that they released a buggy game too early i get it they pushed it back like three times it wasn't coming together they probably were forced to put it out. But when they purposely didn't send the code to like the Xbox uh, code and the uh, PS4 codes to people until the day of, and you weren't allowed to show any footage of that until the, that is hiding. You are hiding the fact that your game does not work at all on those consoles, and you are lying through omission to those people and stealing their money. Um, and it's incredibly fucked up. If the, what they should have done is released it on PC first and said, "Look, we're sorry, we're Xbox and PS fives. Look, we're sorry these ones came out first, um, but we need a little more tweaking and optimization to get it to run on these old machines." Guess who loves that? 
uh, like not all the gamers love it, but the people uh, at Sony and Microsoft love it because now it's pushing people towards buying the new consoles if they want to play the game a little early, you know, and then give the older one a couple extra months, you know, to get those optimization down to where you could actually run the fucking game. Um, you know, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, that's just credit. I was not, I didn't hype up Cyberpunk 2077 as much as most people did. And, you know, maybe this comes with being an older gamer as well, but like CD Projekt Red was known for the Witcher series and that type of game is a billion miles away from the game, the type of game that Cyberpunk 2077 is, you know, you would expect a company like Obsidian or um, Bethesda, Zenimax, the you know publisher, uh, to put out a game like that. You know, uh, CD Projekt Red never did. You know, so they're newbies. They were newbies in that space. So it's not mm-hmm. even even though you you could be the most experienced developer on the planet at like first person shooters. You know, then you go to making a real time strategy game. You know, you're kind of starting off at not ground zero, but. You're not you're not making a first person shooter game anymore. It's completely different, you know. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of like being a professional athlete. You know, if I'm a professional football player, I'm probably better at basketball than the average person, just because I'm physically fit and I have uh, agility and stuff trained to the highest level. But I'm not a professional basketball player, you know. So like my skills at football don't necessarily translate perfectly into basketball. Precisely. Um, so I kind of look at it, yeah, like that. That is the cyberpunky news. Um, anything that makes that game better is better for all of us, because according to the figures, we all fucking bought it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, this next story, uh, this one, this one's weird. So I like what's happening, but a lot of people are very mad. Um, so uh, CA, or Creative Assembly, they do the Total War games, uh, have said that they're going to, uh, that Three Kingdoms, Total War Three Kingdoms, which came out like a year and a half ago, two years ago, um, has received its final update and won't be supported anymore. Um, and so people are very mad about that because it's still pretty new. Um, I th- think there's only one Total War that's newer than that. Um, I really enjoyed the game. I still really enjoy the game. Um, I don't know how much continued development these games need um, or if there's any clones that demanded be fixed. So I don't know why people are um, pissed off about that, uh, but they're moving that team. Um, it looks like uh, they're going to focus on creating a romance of the Three Kingdoms game, which I don't know if it's going to be like the old ones uh, uh, that were made back in like the thousand, 2000s. Um, but I really like those because they were kind of like a Crusader Kings 3 in a way, where there was some strategy to them, but there's also like house politics and dynamics and family mm-hmm. arranging and like having children mm-hmm. like that. And I always love uh, those type of uh, games that have uh, those options. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be like that or if it's just Romance of the Three Kingdoms, you know, the Chinese tale, which I believe is open source. Um, and they're doing a game that's just based on that. So we'll have to see. Uh, but I love uh, I love the romance of the Three Kingdoms, um, the the stories that I know from it. Um, and I really just like I really liked uh, Three Kingdoms in general because I just really love uh, Chinese history. And I think like in America and in the West, 
the broadly there's very little chinese content you know like really good games set in china i think this like assassin's creed i think did a chinese one on like the game boy or the psp i always wanted like a full chinese assassin's creed you know like cultures that i have way less familiarity with um so i think more games set in china would be cool um, again i i just really love the uh history and i think total war they every one of their games are pretty good they're not all bangers but they have a lot of bangers and um they're all pretty good so more 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 from them is better for me i uh i put 104 hours into total war three kingdoms um which isn't a whole lot Dang. it's not a whole lot considering it yeah. takes about 40 40 hours to actually complete a file yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but i enjoyed it you know um it seemed kind of like a not as good version of civilization six that's kind of how i felt about it you know um i i learned how to play it and i that you feel that how you feel about total war in general three kingdoms was the first total war game i ever played oh yeah how did I not get you playing Total War games before? I don't know. I'd I'd seen it, uh, but the person who showed it to me, I d I didn't really trust their taste. You know, it was kind of this weird person, mm -hmm. and I was uh, in the barracks, and he's like, "Come over to my barracks and let me show you." Pecoraro. No, it wasn't Pecoraro. <laughs> it was yeah. Um, so I didn't really trust it. And then Three Kingdoms was coming out, and it was kind of hyped up. You know, and it's like, okay, I'll give it a shot. But, you know, I'm looking at on Steam here, and it's got mostly positive reviews, but the recent reviews are mostly negative. Is that because... Yeah, I believe... Yeah, from what I understand, it was getting review-bombed because they did their final update, and they're not going to keep uh, developing... Maybe it's uh, maybe it's um, kind of like, a, oh, you know, uh, no more free stuff type of thing, where it's like... Well, I don't know. So, uh, how do I say this carefully? Um, without it being taken out of uh, context. The Chinese gaming base of players are very particular about any game that has to do with China or a game that they like that doesn't have Chinese support. I've seen it on several games where they were popular games, but they hadn't released Chinese support yet, and they would get review bombed discussions a lot of vitriol um and I, I don't think it's oh because they're chinese i think you're just talking about a population that large so that any negativity that comes from that population is going to seem larger in volume um just because mathematically it is not that they're more particularly aggressive than american gamers we're quite the fucking net beard assholes too um but i do think you especially games that touch on chinese or china um, and they're very nationalistic people typically, so they like, you know, they want to be represented. And this was kind of one of the very first really big games to really kind of represent um, mainstream games, really represent uh, China's um, culture. So I could see that being some of it. Uh, again, it could also be just 14 year old uh, nerdos in general being like, yeah, I want more stuff, but I didn't. Uh, maybe I have to look too deeply, so correct us if we're wrong in the comments. But I didn't see anything where it was like, oh, you have this glaring game-breaking bug and you're not fixing it. That's why you're getting, 
you know, because that I could understand. It's probably that Chinese Winnie the Pooh ass motherfucker hiring a bunch of government officials to write reviews. Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, leave Winnie the Pooh alone, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, one thing I do want to touch on, though, about the uh, Total War is I don't. There's aspects of it that are similar to civilization and are worse than civilization because the main focus of the game isn't the overland map, which is weird because you spend a lot of time on that map upgrading your cities and control points and the uh, nodes. Uh, however, the the juxt, the fucking balls of the game, that meaty ass of the game is um, the real-time battle, you know, and having thousands of troops that you can control and like my first game was uh rome the the first one and god damn that game blew me away so much as like a younger gamer um and i really like what they've been doing with the series uh the i recommend checking out the um warhammer one warhammer one's my favorite by far uh because it i know adding magic and adding all these systems that you couldn't add into a typical history one just made it uh, really cool. And they have so many races and they're more unique, you know, because it's easier to be unique when you're like a mutant rat versus a lizard man than if it's a, I'm a Roman guy from the south of Italy or a Roman guy from the north of Italy, you know? Um, so it's easier to have uh, wider ranges in the art style and the playability of the characters. Um, so that one's really good. Uh, what, what I did like, though, about this one in particular was the Three Kingdoms, what it did was it took the historical ones that they've always done, and then it took a bit of the magic from Warhammer. And they instead of making a, a purely historical, like, Chinese history battle, it was inspired by the Three Kingdoms storylines. And so you have these famous historical characters who are more myth than historical at this point mm -hmm. and they, they um you get this kind of really good blend that i that scratched an itch for me of having that reality there having that history there but not being dominated by the history being like you know what though we are gonna have a little bit of magic we're gonna have a little bit of this and that um it's a game and with the chinese yeah with the chinese myth it works it works so well mm -hmm. um so a uh, big big fan of those series yeah, you know, I, I, I liked it. Um, I, you know, I actually, I think that was the first full-blown review video that I ever made. It got, like, two views, and then it just, like, disappeared. Yeah. It just disappeared off the internet. Like, nobody ever saw it. I don't know what happened to that. How pissed were those two people? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a good review. I, I think, uh, I think yeah. you know, it, it wasn't my best work, you know. As a YouTuber, like your first videos will be your worst, you know? And uh, mm. I was actually kind of lucky because the very first video I made was one of my best videos. I, you know, um, it was, I found a niche in ARC. It was a question that a lot of people were asking, but there was no good uh, source to find an answer for it. So I made a video about how to increase wild dino max level cap and mm. That really uh, helped me grow as a YouTuber. But what sucked is that, like, my video quality, my video production was so shitty that I was getting all these views and stuff, but the uh, the, the videos that came after it were garbage. You know, nobody wanted any of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, that's just kind of how it is the pop right yeah but the more you play the more you do the more you learn you know you, you learn better more mm -hmm. advanced editing skills and uh, audio skills yeah. and all that kind of stuff oh yeah kind of a side tangent. Uh, I, yeah i would definitely yeah but i'd recommend either picking up uh um warhammer 2 total war or th uh three i don't know if three came out or it's coming out soon uh, maybe wait for that one um, and then uh, the final piece of news we got is uh, Far Cry 6 is coming out. They just released the game trailer. Um, we both watched that earlier. Uh, it looks good. Uh, there's, they're doing some different stuff with this one, though. Um, for one, your character is not a blank slate. It's a, a Cuban uh, gorilla chick who, from the video, uh, from the trailer so far, it looks like she has personality. looks like she has... Um, you know, a viewpoint and is like a, you, we only know from the clip, but it looks like she's a full character. Whereas in all previous Far Cry games, you were just white hands, you know, you didn't have a face, you didn't have yada yada. Um, you were basically generic college white guy every single time. Um, and so that was kind of like your blank slate gamer. He never said any, your character never said anything that was um, not cliche or stupid or just obvious and the whole point of far cry was the bad guy at least since three the bad guy is what the draw is you know um you are a nothing nobody but we have the joker mm -hmm. you know and so you have these really cool bad guys with unique perspectives um i a lot of people didn't like five as much i like i, I lived in montana for a long time so i had a particular affinity for it but i really like that this kind of cultish guy thinks he's doing the right thing, but you can kind of see the edges of his like authoritarianism and power hungriness. Um, and then before, like the other two before were also like, were particularly great um, bad guys. So this, I didn't necessarily see a bad guy. Uh, did you, Hale? No, I was, uh, I was more just blown away kind of by the graphics. Um, I don't know how much they're going to mm -hmm. dumb that down. You know, uh, that might just be like the raw footage before they, kind of lower the resolution on everything uh or it could have just been cinematic footage but from what i saw like the foliage and uh the graphics really kind of blew me away i don't know if they're using the unreal engine 5 or something uh but it looks yeah. really good um so we'll see how the gameplay actually pans out um i haven't been super yeah. impressed the last couple games um but I've always been a, a fan of Far Cry. You know, I see the potential there. So hopefully mm -hmm. they uh, hit all the right notes. I mean, they've had plenty of previous Far Cries to learn off of. So hopefully they take what they know and improve upon it and uh, make this the best one yet. Yeah, it, it, there's like a few. Like, for one, all the Far Cry games usually look really good. Um, I think they do a good job in the graphical area. Uh, I don't like the uh I just hate Ubisoft games at this point um because I hate doing like go here and clean out this camp and go here and it's like do this exact same thing 5000 times. Um but you know I have always played through all the Far Cries. Um I don't do everything, but I'll do a good run through and I enjoy them. In this one though the, there's like a few things though that this one looks interesting too besides just the character uh deviation is it looks like you're going to have some sort of like 
what's like jimmy rigged or jury rigged contraptions you know um weapons and stuff uh look like you're gonna have some like cool like little type of like uh guns and um gadgets uh that are like that which seems interesting to me um they had like one that sings like the macarena or something uh when you shoot it so if if they play with that a lot more and really see uh we see something like interesting in that aspect that'd be very cool and then finally um i think the biggest thing coming out um at least the most important thing to me is that they're gonna have a wiener dog in a wheelchair um and it is adorable looking so if you love if you love doggies and wheelchairs you know this is a game for you hip displays is a thing of the past now you can just get your dog a wheelchair Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. And they look super cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you have uh, any final notes there? Anything else you want to touch on? Uh, why don't we talk about the uh, poll results for Subnautica versus Ark. All righty. Yeah. Right. Let me pull it up here. I'll just take one second. Um, okay, so six days ago, I uh, put out this poll asking, as a whole, which game is better, Subnautica or Ark? I said answers will be discussed on the Nuclear Grenade podcast. Uh, 98 votes, so pretty much 100 people voted, which isn't the biggest voter pool in the world. Um, but 95% voted for ARK, and only 5% voted uh-huh. for Subnautica. Uh, 0% yeah. voted for Subnautica below zero, but I would say yeah. that Subnautica and Subnautica below zero are pretty much just the same, same thing. Uh, so 5% yeah. versus 95. It's almost like a different map, like in ARK. Yeah. yeah, yeah. except with ARK, it's not a whole new different game. It's just another map. Yeah, yeah it's expansion, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously not surprised considering your channel, um, and really not surprised considering the average IQ of uh, the human population. Um, That's your especially defense. Especially on YouTube. That's your defense. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think when you have... I think when you have bridge trolls out here... You know, just voting and everything, you know, like, did they earn their vote? Um, you know, just throwing these haphazard, ridiculous uh, opinions out there. Um, these are the results you're going to get. I mean, if you look at statistics, only, you know, about 5% of people are, you know, a genius. So if you think about it that way, clearly the people of high IQ, of worth, of intellectual uh, growth and prosperity, they're the ones that are making the proper call with Subnautica. Okay, well... These these slimy goblin people, you know, with shriveled hands and mummy faces, they're more of the type that... Uh, the, the masses, you know, the 95%. They're more of your archetype players. Okay, well, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, talking about stats, um, let's see here. Uh, Subnautica... So we'll, we'll count both Subnautica and Subnautica below zero. You add both those up. It's about 24,000 current players. Um, and then you look at ARC, 79,000 current players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Below Zero just came out, you know, and ARC Survival Evolved has been out for almost a decade now, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So ARC is just killing both the Subnautica games. Well, by that metric, uh, Candy Crush is uh, better than ARC. Candy Crush so. isn't on Steam uh, analytics. No, but it's still far more widely played. But we're not I mean, better game we're, clearly we're not talking obviously the better game. we're not talking about android and iphone game 
games. But why not? If we're, t if we're just talking basing the best game on how many people are playing it. Well, you want to talk about specifics? We can have a debate if you want to debate, man. No, I think I think the uh, what people are looking for in games is kind of the real difference there. I think uh, someone like me who doesn't have hundreds of hours to spend, I, I can't play art. Like, I'm just not ever going to do that again, probably. Uh, enjoyed the time I spent in it. Um, had a lot of fun playing with my friends and stuff. But I... The game's a job, you know? It's fucking work. Um, yeah. And work can be fun. Work can be satisfying. And I think a lot of people get that out of arc. Like Prestridge, I still see plays like every fucking day. Yeah, he's insane. Um, but, yeah. And, but me, like, I like tailored, small experiences that I can absorb and then move on. Um, and so I think from that angle, they're very similar in the fact that they're survival crafting games. Um, but it really doesn't surprise me that Ark, being the larger game, having more in it, more to do, is going to draw a bigger crowd. Um, it's just that I don't seek out those experiences as much anymore, um, especially as I get older. Yeah, Ark is a world that you can live in virtually. And Subnautica is a game that you play mm -hmm. from point A to point B and it's done. Yeah. You know, exactly. with Ark, exactly. by the time you've done everything there is to do an Ark, you're sick of it which is interesting mm -hmm. because most games are over before you're sick of them you know what i mean but arc is one of those yeah. few games that have managed to do it so it's like i don't know many players who have uh on vanilla default settings gone through all the maps beaten all the bosses and uh mm -hmm. there's just not many of those players out there i've done it yeah. but i've done it with mods i haven't done it vanilla so yeah, vanilla, it's, that's insane. That is insane. But yeah, it, it, it's definitely like, um, it's almost, I would say it's almost like comparing like a theme park to a specific roller coaster. Like I think mm. Subnautica is a roller coaster. You get on it, you ride it, you enjoy your time. Whereas uh, Ark is more the, the theme park. It has roller coasters in it. Um, it also has fat dudes coughing on your child. Um, and then, you know, Kids running up with sticky fingers, mushing your fucking, ruining your pants. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it has a lot more variety, a lot more to it. Um, so I, I, I think it's pretty fair. I, th I think uh, I think 95% makes sense um, if you're doing overall. But I definitely enjoyed my, I'd say I enjoyed my 20, 30 hours of Subnaka more than I enjoy the like two plus hundred hours I probably had in Ark. Um, and even though Ark probably had maybe had more peaks that were better, but over that whole time, I think back and, uh, you know, I remember some fun experiences, but not truly, um, not experiences that really made me think or meditate at all. Um, whereas like I would definitely get lost down in like the underworld of Subnautica looking at stuff and thinking about how like these plants grew and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I see, I see what you're saying, but what's nice about Ark is that one of the things is that you can play with friends, you know, look, there's Ember. I didn't mm. even know she was in here. <laughs> I watched her crawl up little ninja. Yeah. But like, um, me blaze and his uh, girlfriend Molly at the time, uh, we had just tranked out a, um, a kettle 
and it fell down into the redwood forest so we go down there um a spino's attacking some raptors by the river and close to the Quetzal, so it's like oh shit we hope that it doesn't hit the Quetzal. so blaze and molly land first and they both get killed i managed to survive i get spikes set up around the Quetzal, and i i you know kite the things away blaze and molly come back and nighttime falls and I'm kind of going around the perimeter at night, making sure that there's no Trudons or anything. Sure enough, a Trudon jumps out of the bush, mm-hmm. bites me a couple times. I run back into the spiked area, and like I pass out as soon as I get in there, you know? And nice. Molly and Blaze <laughs> both saw it. I'm like, I'm coming, please! You know? And so like, those are the types of experiences that you could never get with Somatica. And I think that's, I think that's one of the reasons why um, it's 95% to 5%. Uh, they're just two different games too yeah. you know uh they're both survival crafting really yeah but one's multiplayer multiplayer one isn't one has a million maps one doesn't um you know a million animals like even the, a single map is probably what five times the size of subnautica even the base yeah. subnautica original subnautica so um it's just yeah it's a ton more but you know some of us like to eat like to buy the Safeway bucket of ice cream and mush it into our fat faces. And some of us like to get like, you know, a nice little Haagen-Dazs, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. a small little pint of something delicious, yeah. you know, and kind of nibble it. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I like that analogy. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, I think Alrighty, we're good. Uh, do you have anything else? Alrighty. Thank you all for listening to the Nuclear Grenade podcast. Uh, like, subscribe, do all that mumbo jumbo. Check out Havoc Gaming Channel. You guys have a wonderful Godspeed. week. Godspeed.